what we do here is go back, 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 back. Now, this is the Pacers and Fissons, or Fissons, Pissons fight, not Fissons. It could be Fissons because there's a lot of fists thrown. Pacers and Fissons. I said it again. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. We got a jam-packed episode for you guys. Preseason is upon us. Training camp is in full-fledged. How are you doing, Andrew? Um, Andrew is fine. Um, Andrew had some scheduling issues, so there might be a delay on this release. And I'm going to just hand up, right? It's just, this is on me. If it comes out to you Saturday... My bad, right? You know, maybe follow me on Twitter so I can get more followers and then just yell at me. I'm good with that. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of great things that we're going to be able to touch on today. So we are going to get into the AFC West preview. We have preseason week one upon us. Um, so that's exciting. Um, so we're going to break down a little bit of the AFC West. Um, and then we're going to move into some training camp news um, for the Raiders. There has been a lot of things that has unfolded, which is very exciting. Um, we have our first game coming up this weekend. Um, I have a random quiz for Micah as, as usual, where I, I just choose to just not tell him that I'm going to do this until five minutes before we record. And then we're going to do our Mount Rushmore and I will unveil what that is when we get to it. So just a quick little, um, segment here. So, I mean, pr- probably not quick actually, because we got four teams to break down, but what we're going to do is go through each team in the AFC West. We're going to go through their breakout player of the year. Um, someone that hasn't been really under the limelight in a sense, and then kind of what they're, you know, a, another fancy breakout player. And then we're also going to bet the over or under wins um, that has been projected on just over under wins total um, of each team. So we have the Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. So we're going to get into each of those breakout players, fantasy breakout players, just so you guys that are doing dynasty leagues are also doing just regular fantasy teams. So um, that might help maybe if you listen to us and then we'll get to the over-unders as well. So let's start with the Chiefs as they are the Kings um, of the AFC West. Micah, your breakout player for the Chiefs, 2021 where are you going uh my breakout player for the chiefs uh this year is going to be miko hardman uh we he's someone that they brought in and we looked at and said okay here's uh you know that another tyreek hill that they're kind of bringing in small fast kind of dude and has been all over the field doing a lot of return stuff for him but um he's kind of got it seemed like he kind of slid behind sammy watkins and um, all six of the Robinsons that they had in their receiving core, whoever they cheers were. Cheers to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cheers to you, six of the Robinsons. Six of the Robinsons. <laughs> uh, but I think that he's going to – Sam Watkins is gone. He's going to get his chance to kind of, you know, move in there and, and get more touches. He saw his receptions, I think, double from year to year. Um, and so I think they're trying to get him more involved and and get going. He seems to be kind of coming off to a slow start these first couple of years. But I think – this is a year he's going to get more heavily involved. There's not a whole lot of touches to go around between Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And, uh, you know, now you got CEH in the backfield and whatnot. But 
I think Hardman's going to come into his own this year, year three, breakout player for the Chiefs. Love it. Um, that actually very well transitioned by you because I'm going CEH. Basically, my breakout player was the two that you mentioned, Hardman <laughs> or CEH. And, I just, and the next one was like whatever Micah doesn't pick. So um, spoiler for my fantasy. But basically, I'm going Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's someone that had a lot of praise going into this. And then, oh, the Chiefs had a big steal at number 32, all these different things. And I think he's going to be a breakout player because he did underperform last year. Um, going to get more touches, going to be more comfortable with the offense. So I'm going Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Second one, fantasy breakout player, Micah. So ironically enough, my fantasy breakout player is going to be Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, because we all saw – we all saw him ball out in college and then come into the year in this Chiefs offense that everyone expected, like, holy shit, they have a running back now. Their offense is going to be unstoppable. And he actually really didn't do much. He kind of was working into uh, the team, working into getting getting a rhythm going and everything like that. I think now that he's going to have a full off season and he's going to have the ability to really get going within the offense, he's going to see a lot of the goal line stuff that they were kind of divvying up between the two Williamses. So I think fantasy wise, he may not go out there and blow up the yardage um, rushing yards wise, but he is going to get all the handoffs on the goal line. Um, You know, they're just going to try to pound it uh, inside the five with him as much as possible. And then, you know, throw if they have to kind of thing, but they brought him in to be like a bell cow running back. And that involves getting the tugs on the goal line. Yeah. I mean, that's, we're so aligned right now where, where I, I basically said, whatever Micah doesn't pick, I'm, I'm picking for this. So it, it is Miko Hardman. Um, I, I do think that he has a big year replacing Sammy Watkins as, as the number two wide receiver. And I think there's a lot of trust going on um, within that wide receiver room. Um, you have to add Kelsey, you have to add CEH. Um, but also I think Hardman does have a big play and also a fantasy player that you can target in the late rounds. That's going to get a lot of touches in a very explosive offense. So, it's, it's Hardman for me. So over under wins currently, they're set at, once again, 17 possible games, 12 and a half for the Chiefs, over or under Micah. Let's hear it. I think you have to take the over. Um, I, I have to take the over because even without that extra game, I, I probably would take the over on 12 and a half on the Chiefs anyways. And then you add an extra one in there. So um, at this point, they've just been so dominant not only within our division, but within the NFL and the AFC in general. So you just kind of expect them to be there, expect them to do it. So it's, uh, you know, if I was a betting man, which I am a lot of the times, um, I would bet the over because life's too short to take the under. Always is. Over for me, just everything that you said. So um, nothing else to say there. The Chiefs, like, it's it's really hard imagining them losing four games, let alone three. So I'm going to take the over on 12 and a half. We have the LA Chargers um, breakout player, number one. I'm going to start. Um, I'm going to go Derwin James. So household name, um, Derwin James, is, is someone that everyone is fond of, knows of, but a lot of hype has been around really how he played as a rookie, um, how he came into the league and then was able to um, really set, a, set the precedence a little bit, but then had a lot of injuries. And so I think he – is, you know, this is the year where he sets himself aside and, and, and people are able to put the injury concerns um, to bed and, and just say he's, he's just a dang good player. So I'm going to go Derwin James, big break, 
breakout player, um, a little bit different because I'm on the defense, but um, Micah, what do you think on the Chargers here? LA Chargers, I don't, I don't like calling them that. They're still San Diego in my mind, but what do you think for their breakout player? Not breakout player, breakout player 2021. Yeah, breakout player for me 2021, Donald Parnum Jr. Uh, we've got him. He's labeled as one of their tight ends. I think that they are going to kind of start moving him around. I, if I'm not mistaken, Parnum was the guy that almost caught the game-winning touchdown um, when uh, they were on the goal line and did a little jump ball. Uh, they got batted away. But um, he's a big dude. He's a big goal line presence. I think he's going to be someone that they are going to essentially use in the realm of – and I'm just going to say this. I'm not comparing the two people. Okay. I'm not comparing the two people, but I think I'm going to use him like we use Waller in the fact that he's labeled a tight end, but they're just going to kind of move him around. They're going to split him out wide. They're going to put him in the slot. He'll be three fingers in the dirt if they need him to be or whatnot. I think he's just someone that they're going to start playing around with, moving around, and, and you're going to see him start to get a lot more targets. Jared Cooks, their other tight end um, with Hunter Henry leaving and whatnot. So we all love, you know, Jared Cook was great for us and whatnot, but he is getting old. He is on the older side. So I think he may not be slated as tight end one, but Parnum's going to get some looks and he's going to, he's going to pop up on the screen this year. No, I love it. Um, I think it's definitely someone that's uh, you look at cook and and the acquisition and and you're like, okay, well he's slated as tight end one, but he's also very injury concerned. Um, There's a lot of injury history there. So um, I, I love the pick. I'm all for it, but um, I mean, I hate the chargers, but I'm all for it. So um, fantasy breakout player. I, I think you have to go Austin Eckler. It's about time. This guy gets some recognition um, as a true RB, like in the top 10 of the running backs that are taken. Um, there's a lot. I mean, I guess it depends if you're doing PPR, right? So if you're, doing, if you're doing PPR, if you're doing, you know, regular fantasy, non PPR, then I guess you look at it differently, but I think Eckler is someone that's going to be, huge as far as um you know total yardage catching the ball at the backfield a lot of those things that um that he brings to the table so i'm going to go austin eckler fantasy breakout player for the la chargers um micah what say you my fantasy breakout player for the chargers this year uh it's going to be mike williams uh last year uh he he was their number two receiver and you know he kind of got into somewhat of a rapport with herbert um put up five touchdowns uh, only had about 756 yards, but I think that you had a first year quarterback, you know, as much as he went in there and balled out, you know, you got to kind of get having this year, having the the actual off season and everything, uh, training camp and all that kind of stuff to get going again with it. Um, I think he's going to really get a lot of the looks when, because Keenan Allen's Keenan Allen. People are going to double team him. They're going to try to, you know, get them to go away from there. And Mike Williams is just going to be the recipient of said looks. Um, their offense is pegged to be pretty high powering. Granted, you do, like you said, have Eckler there, who's really going to probably take a lot of receptions as well um, away from the passing game. But by all accounts, their offense is supposed to be explosive. You know, they got the names there. I think Mike Williams is going to be the guy that takes advantage um, of it as the number three fantasy guy for them. Yep. That was my second pick as well. So um, very well done, sir. We're going to go over under win total for the LA chargers. It um, currently is at nine and a half. So I have force ranked these based off of over under wins, nine and a half wins for the chargers. Micah, 
I'm going to go because it has been my turn. I'm going to go under, by the way. And I don't think it's been much, right? I, I think there's a, a good chance they go nine and eight, eight, nine, whatever. But the 10 and seven side of this, I, I just can't buy into right now. It's not a bias thing. It's, it's more so just a how I see their team. There's a lot of hype. I think you can get behind the quarterback a lot here. Um, and, and, I, and I get it, right? But I also think that they're going to be under nine and a half wins. Don't feel great about it, but I also feel that that's the call. So nine and a half over under to you, my friend. What do you think? Yeah, I'm actually taking the under as well. Every year you look at it and see like their defense has always on paper been really good and has come out and played really good, but people can't stay healthy. And then you're going into a second year with this new quarterback who did really well last year, but I think it's still, even with an extra game, they're still trying to piece things together. And there's a big question mark on what, you know, whether their defense can stay healthy and just health in general. So um, I'm right there with you. It's hard to, I could very well see them hitting the over on this, but realistically it's hard to see them pushing past, past nine wins. So. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's just tough when you, when you factor in the new coach and, and the whole regime and, and different things like that. So um, I guess we'll see time will tell, but um, I'm going to go the under, you're going to go the under. So. Um, I guess we'll see see where it goes from there. Now, next is the Broncos breakout player of the year, any side of the ball. Um, just disclaimer, as I did not disclaim that earlier, but um, Micah, who is your Denver Broncos breakout player, not fantasy, breakout player of the year? My breakout player of the year for the Broncos, still going to be on the offensive side of the ball, uh, going to be Jerry Judy. Coming out of college, he was, you know, possible consensus number one, you know, depending on where you felt he was the top guy or one of the top guys coming out of the draft and whatnot. And kind of it's hard to say underperformed with the shit show of the quarterback situation that the Broncos have been putting out there and just what he's had to deal with. I think he's able to get some consistency at quarterback and they have somewhat of a competent offense at all. We'll start to see him be more consistent, but you saw some of those breakout plays last year um, where it was like, okay, that dude's that dude's the dude everyone thought he was type of thing, but wasn't consistent uh, really. But that I feel like that had more to do with the fact that Drew Locke sucks um, and that anybody else that was out there at any point in time was terrible. So uh, I think coming into year two, if Teddy B goes out there and is slinging the ball, maybe they got some rapport. Maybe he can get something consistent going, but. We saw some big plays from him last year, and I think this year he's going to break out even more. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where we paid close attention, not only because they are in the AFC West, but also um, we took Henry Ruggs, and yeah. really the consensus was Jerry Judy at that point. So um, I agree with you. As, as always, we are pretty dang aligned where he was my breakout player, but I'm going to go to another um, player another side of the ball which is Bradley Chubb I think he's someone that's going to break out um, and really someone that has been hampered by injuries um, and it's hard when you have Von Miller on the other side where you're compared to him um, constantly I think he's just someone that's once he, if he has a full slate if he has a full year under his belt he's going to turn in um, one of the better seasons as the end um, and I think he's well equipped for that and and, and Bradley Chubb is, is my guy so Fantasy breakout player for the Denver Broncos. Hate talking about every team in this AFC West division, but we are almost done. So family, family, 
fantasy breakout player for the Broncos, Micah, what say you? Uh, yeah, my fantasy player is going to be Javante Williams, um, running back they just drafted out of North Carolina. Philip Lindsay left. Um, you've got uh, Melvin Gordon there, um, but I think they're going to work him into a somewhat consistent role. And if anything, he's going to get the goal line touches if he's not, you know, starting to see majority of the carries. Big dude can brawl over people. I think you're going to see him. His points come more within um, the red zone um, than anything else. But rookie season in a position for the Broncos, that's kind of like they've got an old guy there, oldish guy. Their other guy just left. It's kind of right for the pickings for him. So. Well, um, pretty on par. No, no, all good. Um, he was he was one of my two, so that that's why I had to. And and I'm going Cortland Sutton as my fantasy breakout player. And and really, I think this is spite. Um, I drafted Cortland Sutton in my fantasy um, draft last year. I felt pretty dang good about that. I think I actually let everyone know about it on the pod when we first started this. So. Um, he got hurt like week two, mm-hmm. um, towards ACL. So I'm just going to say, Hey, I hope he does well. And, and hopefully I can snag him in the later rounds, but I'm going Cortland Sutton as my fantasy breakout player. Um, that's really it. I, I, I don't want him to do well. I do. If I draft him, I don't want him to do well. If he's against the Raiders, um, hope that's pretty clear. So over under win total, the Broncos are at eight and a half right now. Over under eight and a half wins, Micah. What say you? It's a resounding under um, for me. I, I think the Broncos are they're getting so much more credit than they deserve. Um, I think that people think they're going to be good, um, and they're not going to be. They're going to continue to do bad, and they're going to be bad again this year. So I don't think they've really got anything remotely close figured out um, at the quarterback position. And maybe they're just buying some time until they can see where they land in this year's draft or whatnot. But there's zero chance that they're going to get anything above eight wins. I do agree. I do agree, sir. Um, I think that they are on under on the eight and a half. Um, once again, I would not be surprised if they are eight and nine. Um, I think that's great. I think that's a winning season for them, but I do not understand the hype. Once again, like you said, it comes back to the quarterback where there's a lot of unanswered questions, um, things that we don't really know about their offense that we're just going to be assuming based on their weapons, which doesn't really have a resounding effect um, throughout the rest of the teams, which one of them we're getting to Homer alert, um, (laughs) but it is the fact. So I'm going to go under on eight and a half wins. Um, and which will lead us to the last and final and best team in the AFC West best as far as in our hearts, maybe not on paper, but um, we're going to go breakout player of the year 2021 for the Raiders. Um, I'm going to start first for the Las Vegas Raiders and I'm going to go Trayvon Mullen. I'm going to go Trayvon Mullen as a breakout player. Yep. I'm sorry about it, but basically I think he's someone that has finally finally come into his own um, and is being talked about solidified as the, even if he is cornerback too, um, it's all matchup based where they say, Hey, you take this guy, you take that guy. It's not really the, the true Revis Island kind of thing. So I think Trayvon Mullen is going to have a big year. It's going to be his time to be on the map and consider one of the, the top 15, which sounds uh, silly, but also like, I think he has a good chance of being, one of the top corners in the NFL, um, Trayvon Mullen, put it on the board. Yes. 
That's a, that's the Yankees. Um, oh. oh, okay. <laughs> or a White Sox, um, one of the two. So hot seat for this year um, and in years moving forward is accidentally saying uh, Mull- Mullen when you meant to say Morig and saying Morig when you meant to say Mullen because they're, tra- they're both Trayvons. So. They're both Trayvons, yeah. yeah. So. And also not knowing, put it on the board, yes, which one it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Trayvon Mullen, cornerback, for the Raiders from Clemson, breakout player, Micah, what say you? Well, you stole mine, um, so that was cool. But I will go with one of his fellow defensive backs, and that is Jonathan Abram. Abram is going to have a fantastic year this year, and there's two reasons why. One, he's going to be in a defense better fitted for the style of play that he has and a defensive coordinator that is better equipped to wrangle him in and kind of use him where he's supposed to be and play him where he's supposed to be and do the things he's supposed to do closer to the line of scrimmage in the box, that kind of stuff. Secondly, he's going to have some talent behind him who isn't an L seven weenie um, on the back end of the defense at free safety. He's going to have that. He's going to have a uh, rig back there. He's not going to have to be worrying about Eric Harris or Devin Levetz, who's still on the team, but you know, whatever. But anyways, I think you're pronouncing his name wrong. Um, is it no, Dalvin Levatz? Yeah, it's Dalvin De- Levitz. De'Aaron Fox. Um, I'm not. That's not I, I don't know. I had a hard time. Well, now I know. I had a hard time with it last week. Anyways, go anyways, ahead. he has somebody on the back end that he can trust, um, and he's going to be put in positions and be in a defense um, that is better suited for him, more solidified, more dynamic all the way around to where. He's just going to – it's kind of like what you were talking about when we had Dan on of like being like, you know, having certain people say like, you do your job. This guy is going to do his job, and we're going to use them how they're supposed to be used and where they're supposed to be used. It's not going to be like, Abram, get out there, run around, light people up, but then you're also supposed to cover this guy, and then he starts freelance and does all this crazy stuff. I've been rambling for a minute, but regardless, Abram's going to have a breakout year because of the fact that He's finally going to have a defensive scheme and coach that will put him where he's supposed to be. Yep. I love it. Fantasy breakout player. I'm going to go with it's tough because I just did a fantasy draft like mock draft and Josh Jacobs was way too low. Um, But I am actually going to go, I'm going to divert a little bit and go Kenyon Drake because he is someone that I think will be looked at as RB two. But the way that we implement him into our offense and use him throughout the scheme is, is going to be um, a little more valuable than, you know, what people might think as far as an RB2. So I'm going to go Kenyon Drake, fantasy breakout player for the Raiders. Book it, put it on the board. Yes. And I will f- figure out where that quote came from. But Micah, you're up for the Raiders fantasy breakout player. Hell yeah. Well, you're two for two on stealing my players. My fantasy breakout player, though, as I Go to my number two, reroute from that. And this actually may tie into a little bit of a viral spiral, but Brian Edwards is going to be my fantasy breakout guy this year. He is showing off in training camp this year um, right now. It feels like every every offensive video coming out of training camp um, is Brian Edwards tracking a ball down or going up and pulling one off of um, over the top of somebody. A lot of people are going to be focused on Waller. A lot of people are going to be focused on rugs. And you're going to start to see Brian Edwards get some goal line looks. Big body karate guy down there. 
may not get a crazy amount of receptions, may not get a crazy amount of yards, but as far as fantasy concerns, he's just going to eat up the targets in the red zone, get you those touchdowns. He's going to be very far down there on more than likely on the receivers um, list as far as drafts are concerned. So you'll probably get him relatively low. So Brian Edwards, fantasy breakout for the Raiders. Great. Um, two clarification points. Um, it is hard body karate. And then also you can put it on the board. Yes. It's actually the white Sox um, from Mark Burley's perfect game. So sweet. Um, over under over under win total seven and a half for the Raiders. I'm just going to start and just say hammer the over. And this is not biased. This is just, you guys know, I'm very honest. I'm very honest about the Raiders hammer the over on seven and a half wins. Um, it's going to be the over. I feel really great about that. I don't care how tough the schedule is. I feel like this team is very underrated. And I think when you look at it and you have to take, okay, well, the chiefs are going to win this many games, chargers, this Chargers, you know, Broncos, that it's like, you have to just factor. Someone's going to have to lose games. And so that's how it got forced ranked. Don't care over seven and a half wins. Micah till the peeps. It's unbelievable that that there is that much disrespect for the Raiders. Hammering the over, as you said. It's tough, man, because I feel like along with how I was saying, like the Broncos just get all this like overhype and overlove the last few years, like they're on the come up, they're next kind of thing. They're looking good and like get the benefit of the doubt of having a shit situation um, and a shit quarterback or whatnot. Like we just get fucking shit on all the time and are like get downplayed and and have this type of crappy you know prediction or whatnot but um you know i think that there's there's no (laughs) just as just as i go out there and say there's no chance that the broncos are going to get to uh over eight wins there's no chance the raiders lose or uh don't get over seven wins they're just too good to they're too good to be that bad and if they hit that under, um, there should be an absolute explosion within the whole team. Um, and we just are out here doing this for nothing and being fans of them for no reason whatsoever. I will make everyone a bet. Um, if the Raiders do not win more than seven games, Mike and I will shotgun four logos live on the pod. Yeah, that we will do. I, I spoke for you on that one. but No, um, that's I, fine. I, yeah. Agreed. I'm, I have or the Dan Campbell coffee. A four, drink, right? a four logo to the dome. If the Raiders don't win more than six games, is what I'm going to need. If the Raiders don't win more than seven six games, games, but seven yes. games. Sorry. All good. Yeah. Pin it up right now. Save it. Save it on your calendar on your phone. Raiders win less than eight games. We're shotgunning live stream shotgunning four logos because we have those capabilities now. So. Well, that is the AFC West preview. So um, everyone go spend all your money on, on those predictions because they are absolutely going to be true going into training camp. So we did have the depth chart released um, something that, you know, obviously is going to spark a lot of buzz. Um, just a couple of things to note. We don't have to touch on it too much, but Tanner Muse, Nick Morrow as the starting, and this is base, right? Like the starting Tanner Muse is outside linebacker, Nick Morrow, the um, starting middle linebacker and then Trayvon Morig as the first team defensive free safety, which we all knew would be the case. But uh, I think the linebacker situation was something that we didn't maybe 
you know, project in that sense, but any, any thoughts initially from there? I think that uh, Dan actually touched on it a good amount when, um, you know, we had him on just kind of stating that like the depth chart right now getting let out is kind of just more for press release stuff. It is interesting to see, you know, Moro penciled in there as a starter. Uh, I'm glad to see that uh, Mo Rig is getting first team looks and runs and stuff like that. I think that we're going to, I think we'll see a lot of things shape out. They will be who we thought they were, um, the type of thing where, yes, maybe Moro slated as a starting linebacker, but I think we're going to see a lot more of Quit and Littleton, to be honest with you, my my opinion. Um, how much we see Muse, I'm not positive, but I hope he gets some playing time. That's the fun about preseason coming up and uh, you know those games happening is that we'll just actually get to see people on the field and like how they play and what they're doing. And even though it's not necessarily against starting people, it's like you're playing other other teams and, you know, other players is not just run throughs at practice. So um, take the depth chart for what it is with a grain of salt. And, you know, I'd say look into the preseason games more than what, uh, what it says on paper at the moment. Yeah. I think that's spot on because um, you got to take it for what it is. I think you look at Morig and, and Muse and say, Hey, I think it's great they were able to be penciled in as as the first team um, base starters. I think it speaks more for Morig than than Muse, as you mentioned, with being the rotational and like, hey, this isn't our base. We're going to be a nickel predominantly, you know, things like that. So I think it's great. Um, I think it's going to be good for Muse and and also really great signs that he has um, added on some some development over the last year and a half, basically where where he was from when we drafted him and being. Um, injured for for all of last year, so I think it's that's awesome. Um, I, I do know that we do have a uh, preseason game coming up, um, which is the Seahawks on Saturday at six p.m. Okay, at Allegiant Stadium. It's preseason week one, guys. Let, let's just call it what it is, right? But are there any things that you're looking for? Any things that you want to see out of this Raiders team um, as we go? I'll start. And, and really, I, I just want to mostly say, like, I just want to see what our tempo is on offense. I, I don't anticipate D.C. starting or even playing throughout the whole preseason, right? So um, I, I just want to know what our tempo is on offense. I want to see how we flow and get in and out of the, you know, the huddles and things like that. And also more so the assignment discipline from the defense where a lot of things are said about the defense. And I think when it comes to coaching, the discipline does run throughout the whole defense where it's like, you should know your assignment, whether you're free safety one or free safety four. So I want to see where that stacks up and how Gus Bradley actually comes to play um, in that sense. But those are just a couple of things that I'm looking at It's preseason game when number one guys. So um, not a lot to look forward to, but just something that um, I think you can still take away a few things that, that come from it. And those are the things I'm focused on. So what about you, big guy? Huh? What do you think? Well, two things that I am looking forward to and kind of going to be focused on. One of them, not very sexy, but really seeing seeing how the offensive line kind of plays because a lot of, you know, a lot of they say like, okay, preseason, they don't really start a whole lot of the starters, like the main people, but our offensive line kind of got mixed up this offseason and a lot of guys that are could be fringe starters are slated in that second second group um and are probably going to get a lot of playing time a lot of young guys that we're trying to figure out 
who's going to play where, who's going to do what. So I think throughout the preseason, you're going to see a lot of at certain positions where you won't see a whole lot of people that are actually like competing for a job. Cause it's like, okay, the receivers, you kind of know who they're going to be. Some of those guys aren't out there. The offensive line. I feel like we're going to see a lot of majority of the people just because they are so young and they are kind of all swooping in there. Shout out John Simpson. And then the other one is, I just want to see who case Cookus is um, because he's for sure getting some playing time. <laughs> It's going to be him and the Peterman show. No chance uh, Carr ends up going. Um, how's I, I don't know where Mariota's at and whatnot, but... Yeah, he's still banked up, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So. so I think we're going to see a lot of Peterman, a lot of Cookus. I'm still trying to, like, wrap my brain around, like, some good, like, headlines if, like, Cookus goes out there and just, just like, tears up the defense um, for, like, three touchdowns and 200 yards or something ridiculous. Some type of, like, can he cook us or, like... Did Case cook us or something along that type of headline that's, you know, got that double entendre. That's mm-hmm. what I'm really looking for. But yeah, all jokes aside, the offensive line, um, big focal point for me. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I was looking more to um, disciplines and things like that, but I think you make a good point where, no, no, I, I think oh, it's great I because. Laughing about the cook us thing. <laughs> well, but also it's like cook us, roast, Seahawks, caucus, you know, things like that. We could, we could work out how it how it flows but um i i do i do believe that there's some um certain players that that do have um like you said they're on the fringe where they have a chance to to play early and and get some good time and get some good film going so i'm excited about that and and we'll see how it goes and i'm just like i'm just excited for Raiders football just excited to see what the football moving around between 22 guys between the white lines does that's all thing, it is the things that shall be yelled at the screen when they do correct callback um now that is a good intro to our mount rushmore but as mentioned there is a quiz um between this and so and this was concocted like really like 15 minutes before we started recording because i was watching on netflix if you haven't checked it out it's the malice at the palace okay so this is nba now now this is the Pacers and Fisson or Fissons Pistons fight, not Fistons. It could be Fistons because there's a lot of fists thrown. Pacers and Fist. I said it again. <laughs> Pacers and Pistons fight, um, and this is 2005. So on Netflix, there's there's a documentary on it, and um, it's actually pretty good if you want to watch it. But so basically, the year before this fight in 2004. Um, they met in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, and it was uh, you know they they were they were getting after it right. So so if you look at it, it was uh, Ben Wallace for the Pistons, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, right? We all know the story. Um, on the Pacers, it was Reggie Miller, Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, Stephen Jackson, um, big player in that fight. It has nothing to do with the fight, but do you know what the final score of Game Six where the Actual, actually, the Pistons clinched the series and go on to win, um, beat the Lakers in the finals. Do you know what the score of the Eastern Conference Finals Game Six was? Just, just, and and it's like I gave you no time to prep just because of this, and it's just like guess. Yeah, you know, like ninety-six to sixty-nine. Nine. Well, the inverse of sixty-nine is ninety-six. Um, it was sixty-nine to 64 oh fantastic (laughs) 
four full quarters and it was 133 total points. <laughs> unbelievable. If you bet the over on that game, I'm not sure what it was, probably missed it, right? I was just like staring at the screen like, what in God's name? This but, is actually, I'm like, is this through two and a half quarters? Like it was 69-64 and they're like, nope, game's over. I'm like, huh? That's the final? That's fantastic. There was just a lot of DN up, a lot yeah. of charges going on. Yeah. So that's it. That was, was really the, the yeah. Well, that was the quiz. So okay. Now let's get into it. We have the final segment, which is the Mount Rushmore, and it's gonna be a doozy. We have the all-time Raiders players, Oakland, LA, not Las Vegas, because they have to be retired, but Mount Rushmore of Raiders players, favorite Raiders players of all time. This is inspired by me watching the Hall of Fame, maybe tearing up a little bit um, on Charles Woodson's speech, no big deal. Um, Tom Flores, you're fantastic. Favorite Raiders of all time, Mount Rushmore. Once again, if Micah takes mine, I have to go with someone else. You guys know the drill. Micah, as courtesy. No, not courtesy. I have a dice app on my phone right wow. now. You're, you're going to say evens or odds. I'm going to hit it. Love it. And, wow. And you get to, you get to go first. So evens or odds. Evens. Evens. Ooh, of course. And it's two. And it's a number two. And, and it's it number, two. number two. Number two in my heart. Number two. Not number two in my heart, number one in my heart, <laughs> number two at Michigan, Charles Woodson, there baby, let's go. And that is. sucks because I'm taking your guy, but I'm taking C-Dub. Let's go, Raiders. Big O town. Hum, baby. Last game of his career we were at, and that was fantastic. Thank yeah. you for the tickets, by the way. Um, Charles Woodson, number one, Mount Rushmore. Nothing else needs to be explained besides that. I think that there's a good chance that this list would have gone the same exact way, regardless of who was going first. But number, my number one, Tim Brown, um, the all time Raider receiver, you know, he's the best to ever do it. At least during our lifetime of growing up watching the Raiders, he was that dude. We also got a picture with him where I'm not going to say it looked like the dopest um, rap album um, back in the late 90s. But I, got, I got no love, by the way. On <laughs> I know. Zero, so zero know. love from that picture. <laughs> zero love, sir. Uh, Tim Brown, number one. For- love it. Number two, I mean, I think it's it's Bo Jackson. It's straight up. It, it, was, it was someone that I told you, I'm like, I can't believe I went through this list and waited so long to include him. But it is Bo Jackson. Shortened career. Bo knows if you ever want to watch a 30 for 30, it's one of the best. But uh, Bo Jackson, just all-time Raider, all-time athlete, um, someone that his career should not have been shortened that long. Freak injury, but um, it happens, and it happened to him. But he's number two, number two for me. Yeah, number two for me, I'm actually going to go via running back as well and go Napoleon Kaufman. There's a there's a small window of like the time frame of like our childhood of watching the Raiders, you know, and these guys coming up and whatnot. And and Kaufman was just Kaufman was that dude. Um, he was another another Raiders running back great. Um, and it was just fantastic watching him. And 
you know, I had a poster up in my house and it was, man, it's almost like I already had a Mount Rushmore in my bedroom of, I believe it was Kaufman, Seawood, Rich Gannon and Tim Brown on it. They just compiled it. And it was, it's what I remember as a kid. It's just why you're the best in the industry because um, your forecasting and laying up is, is just fantastic because I'm going Rich Gannon. Come on, baby. <laughs> Are you serious? Rich Gannon, 2002 or one. Don't quote me because I gave two different years. MVP, Rich Gannon, baby, let's go. He thought Paige was cute when she was five and he is. he just slung it, dude. The dude slung it, came for the Chiefs. Sorry about it, guys, but we replenished, similar to the Niners signing all of the Raiders, former players, um, hilarious, but we took Rich Gannon at the old age, and then he performed well, and, and man, that dude just ripped it. He ripped it, and he was a man rocket, and we love him for that, so Rich Gannon, thank you. You're on my Mount Rushmore. I feel great about my list right now. So Yeah, yeah, you, you have an all-time list at the moment, so. Uh, number three for me, you don't have a great Mount Rushmore without someone who does the dirty work, and that's John Ritchie. I'm taking John Ritchie <laughs> purely as a pander pick, really, is what it comes down to, because this dude, I mean, his forehead was bloody before the games even started. All he did was block, 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 and blow people up. And he just, he did the Lord's work is what he was doing. And, you know, if, if fullback assists were a thing in his time, he would have been an all-star every single year, but I'm going to go John Ritchie. These are all, I know that I'm probably going to get a lot of heat from my list. Let's be realistic, but all time Raiders. When I think back of just like me as a kid and like the things that brought me to love the Raiders, you know, for better or worse, I guess, but can't have a Mount Rushmore without the Gruden grinder, John Ritchie. Wow. Yeah, he was uh, he was completing my list. I thought the fullback um, was going to just tie it in, but well done. Um, I applaud you. Yeah, that's tough. But I, I, I am going to go someone a little bit outside of my generation. More so, shout out Mel Dreamy because he he gave us the wisdom of the past which was Jack Tatum and Jack Tatum is number four um, on my list because he was someone that just, he symbolized the Raiders. He symbolized that we just, we were not accepted. We were not loved um, by the NFL and we didn't care. I was not as hard hitting or as athletic as he was um, as a safety. I just, I was, I just said, you need to punish people. I'm just going to take out basically your shins from your shins down is where I'm targeting um, so Jack Tatum, thank you so much for that um, dedication. And, and Dan, thank you for the introduction of the past. Um, Fred Bolitnikoff is one of those, those ones that are close to my heart because white, white receiver, get it right. Um, but Jack Tatum, just he's my guy. So, I mean, I, I got C-Dub, C-Wood, <laughs> Bo Jackson, you know, Rich Gannon, Jack Tatum. I, I feel great where I'm at. You took John Ritchie, that hurts. Um, I'm going to have to take a night to sleep on that one, but uh, yeah. that's my number four. Everyone knows that your, your list, your list one. Okay. So my number four pick, I'm going to have to go with the guy that I was anytime we played pickup football and that's Jerry Porter. I have to go with Jerry Porter as my number four overall pick because 
we would go out and we would play in the street and it was rich cannon to jerry porter we would go play with the little mexican kids out in el sobranti um at family reunions um and it was rich cannon to jerry porter so i realize my list is pretty terrible but we're talking about my childhood and that's who i was so that's where i'm ending it it's your list right (laughs) Um, I think that that should be known. Um, it's, it's Mount Rushmore of your favorite Raiders all times. You did rock Jerry Porter and man, you used to, you used to rock those kids, right? All I had to do is throw it up, which similar to Rich Gannon, just sidearm, just throw it up to Jerry Porter. All good. Um, so you took care of that. And then I, I applaud you for standing on your hill. Jerry Porter and I will have words probably at some point in, in this life about my feelings on him, but all good. Um, I think your list is great, just so you know. It's um, not, but, the, but it's it not, is. It's not. But it is. Well, okay. We'll put it out there then. We'll put it out on Twitter. We'll put it out for everybody to vote for who had the better Mount Rushmore. Correct. Spoiler alert. You did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But um, that's it, guys. Um, preseason week one is upon us. Um, couple days out actually when you listen to this it might be game day so go game day um throw it on the grill get ready for it um we get the seahawks in town get ready for the nathan peterman and the other guy that micah mentioned who's we just signed for no reason um but raider nation stand up i love you guys you're the best keep supporting us buy some merch dog bandanas will never not go away it will never not be dog bandana season just so you all know Um, And I'm excited to give some dogs some bandanas here soon. Yeah, as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars. And please just continue to support us as you have. Uh, We look forward to getting into preseason. We look forward into the season starting and finally getting to dive into all these things that, you know, brought us to making this podcast what it is today and, and why we even started in the first place. So. Very excited and uh, can't wait to do a recap preseason game recap next year. So we'll get our first our first recap of the year uh, starting next week. So till then, you guys have a good one and we'll see you all next week. Peace out, guys. Love you.